Church, let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to Psalm 104 as we continue our time in this portion of the Scripture. Psalm 104, if you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page 486. Uh, Can y'all believe that obnoxious Tennessee tie that David Vaughn is wearing this morning after that victory yesterday over my Arkansas Razorbacks? Um... You, you don't have anywhere you're trying to get today, do you? Because we have a long psalm to cover. <clears throat> Let's open the scriptures uh, together today. Uh, we do have a number, if you're following along in the bulletin, we do have a number of blanks to fill in. Not always, uh, as you might have noticed, not always a representation of the length of the sermon, but I did hear uh, a study recently that it found uh, that most uh, parishioners use sermon outlines primarily to judge uh, the length of the sermon and where we are in the sermon. Uh, I know that's not true of Meadowbrook. Uh, you're copiously taking notes for your own study and sake later on. But uh, as we look at the scriptures today, I do need your help with one part. Uh, one part, I'd like your help. Uh, this psalm begins and ends with a call to praise. Uh, a self-exhortation on the part of the psalmist. He, he says, and you'll see it in the text, Praise the Lord, my soul. And then he ends, Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to ask for your help when we get to those uh, portions. Uh, and then perhaps two or three times or in the midst of the sermon, depending on how, uh, how engaged you're looking in the moment after losing an hour of sleep last night. Uh, so uh, it's going to look something like this. I'll say all together uh, now. Uh, now I'm forgetting my, my, uh, my, my marker, but uh, now's your time. And we'll say together, praise the Lord, my soul. So let's practice that a moment before we look at the text. Uh, church, all together now, now's your time. Praise the Lord, my soul. All right, you got it. So let's stand out of reverence for the, uh, the word that we are reading. Psalm 104, God's word reads this way. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You're clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. You make springs pour forth water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered 
the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, the crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then people go out to their work, to their labor until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious Teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All creatures, verse 27, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created And you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Altogether, church, now's your time. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Let's bow. Lord, it is our desire to praise you this morning. We are here for you. We long to exalt your name, to, to hear from you, to be led by you, to be encouraged and convicted, shaped and challenged and, and drawn to you once again. Father, lead us to that end. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Church, you may be seated. If you spend any time at all in the book of Psalms, which we have been doing lately, then you experience, you hear a full range uh, of human emotions expressed to poetry. Like last week, we were in Psalm uh, 88, a rather dark and somewhat depressing cry for God's help in the midst of suffering. In that particular text, uh, God feels distant. He feels absent from the psalmist's life. But here in Psalm 104, the pendulum swings and God's hand appears to be everywhere. Evidence of his sovereign care and Provision surrounds the writer of this text as he considers the created world and he bursts into praise, saying, Praise the Lord, my soul. As creator and sustainer, God deserves praise. As the creator of life and the sustainer of life day by day, moment by moment, God deserves praise. He deserves our praise. That's the message that the psalmist takes to heart here. And I I think that's the message then that we too are to take to heart as we digest this word, this prayer, this song to God and this word from God. So when is the last time that you considered the wonder and the beauty of the world in which you live? Have you paused recently and taken in the contours of the earth's surface? 
and the height of the trees and the color of the oceans and the movement of the clouds and the sound of the thunder and the distance of the stars. Church, creation reveals the Lord's majesty and wisdom. Creation itself certainly cries out concerning its maker, but the witness of God's word, the witness of the scriptures declare that creation reveals the Lord's majesty and wisdom. Verse 1, Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. Friends, the Bible knows nothing of a weak God or a limited God. Yahweh alone is God and he is mighty. According to his, his word, he is very great and he's clothed with splendor, meaning highness and honor and brilliance. He's clothed with majesty, meaning beauty and dignity and glory. The scriptures often use this picture of uh, the image of clothing to describe the nature or the character of someone. For example, sinners are clothed with filthy garments. Saints are clothed in white robes. And the language here suggests that God is worthy. He is clothed in majesty and splendor. He is worthy. He is, this, is, this is kingship language declaring that the Lord God is king. And as the king of all kings, God rules the heavens. God rules the heavens. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. Verse 3, and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. And elsewhere in the scriptures, uh, this image of, of God uh, stretching out a tent suggests that God is preparing the earth for habitation. I, I love the outdoors, but uh, I've not spent a whole lot of time in, in camping, at least not rugged camping. I, I have a few times. Uh, but the picture here is is like a seasoned father opening up his tent. Uh, the Lord spread out the expanse above the surface of the earth. Like a master builder, he prepares his palace in the upper chambers, the part of the home that was secluded and private in the ancient world. As a king rides his chariot throughout his earthly kingdom, God rides the clouds throughout His heavenly realm, watching over all that He has made, watching over all that is happening here under His dominion. Friends, even the wind and the fire, verse 4, submit to Him as His servants. The writer here echoes the sentiment of King David who writes in Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of His hands. When earthly kings and leaders oppose this king of all kings, this one enthroned in heaven, Psalm 2, verse 4, this one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. For God alone stands apart, supreme and sovereign, ruling over all creation from the heavens. So let's praise him. Let's be a people who respond to Him. Let's be a people who praise Him for He is worthy. So here, church, it's, it's, it's your time. It's your part. Are you ready? All together now, here's your time. Praise the Lord, my soul. God deserves praise for who He is. And as the psalm continues, we begin to see clearly that God deserves praise for not only who He is, but for what He has done and for what He continues to do 
to sustain his creation. So what has he done? As part of his creative process, God established and ordered boundaries across the earth. God established and ordered boundaries. And by the way, this text, this psalm, uh, reflects generally the days of creation recorded in the opening chapters of, of Scripture. So in verses 5 through 9, we see that God established the earth and He covered it with water. Like Jesus when He's on the sea and the winds are, are raging and the, the sea is, is uh, in turmoil as a result of the storm, God speaks, He commands, and the waters obey. In His wisdom, He assigned clear boundaries, river banks and seashores, hollow canyons, And dark, watery depths, lofty mountains, and and roaring thunder. These places and sounds demand respect and caution from us. Yet they bow, they listen, and they respond to Him. All creation shrinks in subservience to the Creator. This majestic and wise King conducts good plans. His design is good, so, friends, we can trust Him. Trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. See, prior to the fall, prior to the time when we human inhabitants, the crown of God's creation rebelled against Him, prior to uh, that event when, when we failed to trust and submit to Him in all things, prior to that, His world was totally reliable. His creation is ordered. His design is good. We can trust Him. Great and glorious God rules the heavens above. He established and ordered boundaries here on earth. And He created this earth to support life. God created the earth to support life. He is a God of life. Do you notice all the activity All the activity of the living creatures in this psalm highlighted again and again, especially in verses 10 through 18. Springs of water for the beasts of the field and and the donkeys in the desert. Birds nesting above, singing among the branches, raindrops falling from the sky, growing grass for the cattle and plants for people, wine from the fruit of the vine and oil from the olives, trees planted by God and growing larger and larger year after year, the soaring stork, wild mountain goat, and the stubby rock badger. These are God's creatures. He finds pleasure in creating and providing for them. His creation is alive and He sustains them with food and with water. God created the earth to support life. And God marked the world with order and rhythm. He marked the world that He created, the earth He created with order and with rhythm. Verse 19, after reflecting upon the ongoing activity of the earth's inhabitants, the psalmist then considered the heavenly bodies, the moon, the sun, and mark the days and the nights and the seasons every single day. You know this. There is morning and there is night. You don't wonder if the sun is going to set today. You can count on it. And every single year there is winter and there is summer. And thank God there is also spring and there is fall, right? God has ordered these things. And they continue to happen according to His plan. This is His design and His design is good. 
And in his design, the animals and the humans have opportunity to to provide for themselves, ultimately under his provision. God provides for his creatures, but all of his creatures, and you know this, are, are not the same. The text says, while we sleep, the lions and other night creatures go about searching for their prey. And then while they sleep during the day, we go out to our work, verse 23. God has made us to work. And if we have the choice, most of us, maybe all of us, would choose to do our work during the day. But this stuff, I love it. I don't know about you, but Big Cat Week on National Geographic, I, I love this. Do you, do you know about this? You know about these guys that drive around the Land Rovers in, uh, in Africa with the night vision cameras and they watch the lion prides as they go around stalking the gazelles. I could watch it all day. Uh, probably a few of you could identify with this. The rest of you think that we're rather odd. But, but I love learning about the food chain in the animal world. And all of this, according to Psalm 104, all of this, All that God has made reflects God's ordered provision for His creatures. So friend, if you want a high view of God, if you want to marvel at who He is, then study His creation. Study creation. Study creation. Get outside and walk through the forest and consider what God has made. Wake up early and listen to the birds singing in the trees. Go fishing. Watch the predatory nature of a largemouth bass in the shallows. I tell Ashley uh, every year, probably more than once, this is, I have to go hunting a few times this year because i got to get out in creation. Praise the Lord. I don't think she's buying it, but I'm going to continue. <laughs> but church, look up at the sky on a clear night. Open an astronomy book and take in the untold number of stars that God has made. Get down on your knees and watch the ants carry food back and forth from the colony's incredibly well-built fortress. Consider God's works, the order and rhythm of what He has made. And then, church, pause and praise Him. Pause and praise Him. Again, church, help me once again. All together, let's call ourselves to praise. Now's the time. Praise the Lord. My soul. So here the psalmist is reflecting on the glory of God displayed through his creation. And he comes to verse 24 and he pauses. He can't help himself. He's considering what he has just surveyed. And then he bursts into praise. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Creation reveals the Lord's majesty and wisdom. And then he continues, verse 25, he says, There's the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things, both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. It's sort of like he's thinking about all that God has made, the beauty and the order of God's creation. And then he realizes, and I haven't even begun to touch on the sea and everything in them. I haven't even begun to talk about the the water and all its inhabitants. God owns the sea and everything in it. God owns the sea and, and everything in it. The text here maintains a, a bird's eye view, I think, as he surveys the sea. He doesn't have a lot to say here. 
Essentially, he says, God, the, the ships that are carrying travelers back and forth across the oceans and the Leviathan, that great sea creature, perhaps a, a whale that swims alongside our ships, it's all yours. It's all yours, God. It's under your sovereign care. It all depends upon you and cannot exist apart from you. Everything depends upon God for life. Everything. Everything depends upon God for life. This is the point he makes, I think, in the next section. Verse 27, all creatures, everything that has been created, all creatures look to you, God, to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with with good things. Like the tame ducks, or around here, maybe it's the Canadian geese, seem to be everywhere. The local park, ready to take pieces of bread from you. Or like the trained horse at your neighbor's farm, ready to eat a carrot out of your palm. All of us eat from God's hand of provision. In other words, there are no self-made men or women any more than there are self-made lions and leopards. Self-made cardinals and fireflies. No, all of us are dependent upon Yahweh for life and sustenance. It's creator and And sustainer, God deserves praise. He deserves our praise. Let's praise Him all together now. Now's the time. Praise the Lord, my soul. Again, praise the Lord, my soul. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they God cares for His creatures. And most of all, He cares for us because He values people as His prized creation. More than the insects in the ground. By the way, I heard a statistic, can't even say the word, the other day, uh, that blew me away. That uh, Estimates are that there are one million ants in the world for every human. Good bit of tidbit to take with you. You won't forget that. (laughs) But God loves us more than the billions of ants that He has made. More than the birds in the sky and more than the reptiles in the desert. More than the amphibians along the riverbanks and more than the mammals on the plains and the trees in the forest and even the stars across the sky. As our Maker, He loves us. And it is He who provides for us. So let's give thanks for His care and provision. Give thanks for God's care and provision in your life. Some have even classified this particular text, the psalm, as a psalm of thanksgiving. For it recounts the Lord's goodness to us. Did you thank God this morning for breakfast? Did you thank Him today for a beating heart? Do you thank Him for oxygen to fill up your lungs? For money in your bank account? For a planet that maintains a climate that is perfectly suited to sustain life? Church believers, God's people, those who know and trust Him, give thanks for His care and provision, longing for His glory to continue forever and ever, verse 31, and responding to His mighty works with worship. Believers respond to God's works with worship. Verse 33, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. 
May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. So here's a prayer at the conclusion of the psalm. A vow to praise. A vow to praise God in response to the majestic and wise creator. And through this text, I believe God calls us. Calls us like this man to delight in his creation as he does. And to express our delight in it and praise for him with specificity, recounting what God has done and is doing in descriptive detail, with descriptive words like the psalmist and prayer and through song. Let's follow the example of our spiritual ancestor here and express God's majesty in his plan. Express God's majesty in his plan. Speak about it. Pray about it. Sing about it. Proclaim it. And a vital part of our expression involves recognizing that something has gone terribly wrong with the created world. That though creation is good, everything is not all right. Sin, rebellion against God, verse 35, and wickedness, the repeated rejection of Him, defile His good creation. As a result, evil abounds. And injustice is rampant. Creation has been distorted by human sin, but in God's providential mercy and His sovereign care, the majestic and wise Creator's plans involve reparations for this. Reparations for this corruption. An an act of spiritual recreation providing reconciliation and restoration between fallen sinners and the Holy God so that God's people may experience And enjoy the fullness of his sustenance and provision. And the fullness of who he is and his plan forevermore. As a result of his love and his work on our behalf through his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The the scriptures are clear on this. They speak about this act of restoration and salvation and new life. Again and again and again in one such place that they... Speak clearly to this as Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and following. Where Paul, led by the Holy Spirit, writes, he says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners. While we were still rebelling against God. While we were still abusing his creation and our role in it. While we were ignoring his standard. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood. Here and now. Declared righteous. By God's grace through faith in his son. How much more. There's a future component to this. How much more shall we be saved. From God's wrath through him. For if while we were God's enemies. We were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more. How much more having been reconciled. Shall we be saved Through his life, not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Church, I think a a right understanding of biblical boasting in God leads to praising him. It's closely connected to praising him, to rejoicing in him. So let's be a people who rejoice in him, who praise him. And as we rejoice in him, this this great and glorious God, as we respond to His good creation and His perfect plan of salvation, as this one and only God continues ruling and working for our good, may we sing about His goodness. 
May we proclaim his glory and his greatness. May we submit to him and surrender to him forever and ever and ever. As creator and sustainer, God deserves praise now and always. So let's praise him some more. Let's be people who praise him continually. May his praise continually be on our lips as we recognize his presence and his work for our good and for his glory. It's all together now. Here's your time. Praise the Lord, my soul. And Lord, may we be a people who praise you, who proclaim your greatness and your glory, who see your hand throughout your creation and see your love displayed for us in the way that you have made, in the way that you have made us, and the way that you have provided a payment for our sins. Lord, that we might be restored, that we might know you, that we might enjoy you forever, that we may experience life as, as you desire for us. Lord, may we turn to you, may we seek you, may we serve you, may we bow before you. May we declare the riches of your grace. Grace displayed through your creation. Grace displayed through others who represent you. Grace displayed through your word. And grace most clearly displayed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, lead us now to respond in a way that glorifies you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.